Uh, every month or so, I have to do some work uh, in Bolton at a church over there. Is anyone from Bolton? Okay, you might not like it after uh, what I've said in a minute. But I go uh, to a church in Bolton once a month or so to do some work. And as I drive back from this place, I drive right past Bolton University. And there's a sign out on the, the terrace at the front, the little garden, and it says this. It says, hungry for a better life, question mark. Come and study at Bolton Uni. Hungry for a better life? Come and study at Bolton Uni. Now, I feel like the whole world needs to know that. Apparently, Bolton Uni have cracked the conundrum that people have been wondering about for centuries and all over the world. If you want a better life, all you need to do is go to Bolton University and study. Well, of course, I don't think that's really true. I don't think they've got the answers more than anybody else. But it says, doesn't it, that people are hungry for this better life. They're hungry to make the most of the time they've got here on earth. No one wants to just get through life, do they? People want to make an impact, to, to feel some benefit, to make the most of the time that they've got. And I'm pretty sure that if we were each to pick the one or two or three things that we would really love to be more present in our lives, the things that we would love to be more present in the world, I'm almost certain that all of us, in some way or other, would pick peace. I know that for so many people that I speak to in the course of my job, people are unsettled. People aren't sure what's coming and they're anxious about it. They're nervous about the way ahead. They're not sure what's going on in the world or what difference that might make for them. People are anxious and in need of peace. Peace between nations and political groups. Peace between neighbours and colleagues and family members and friends. Peace within their own heart to make the best of the situations that they're having to walk through. So often people feel like they've let other people down and they just don't quite know how to process that feeling. Maybe they feel like they've let themselves down. Maybe if you're a person of faith you might feel at times like you've let God down and that brings this horrible sense of well, what am I going to do? Are they still going to like me? How am I going to get through this? All of us would long for peace to move through those times of despair or uncertainty. I want to talk to you this evening for just a few minutes about peace. And the only way that I know how to do that, the best way that I know how to do that, is for a few minutes this evening to talk to you about Jesus. Because Jesus is, as the graphic shows, the Prince of Peace. Peace seems to pop up a lot at Christmas time, doesn't it? Think about our carols. We've sung even tonight, peace on earth and mercy mild. We sing silent night, don't we? All is calm, all is bright. Sleep in heavenly peace. And then away in a manger has little Lord Jesus. No crying he makes. What a nice thought. It matches our picture perfect postcard versions of Christmas, doesn't it? Where everything's just right. And everyone is just right, and everything is just as we want it. Peace. But really, when we look back to the original story, the, the first Christmas wasn't peaceful at all. Our carols might sort of sanitise it to look like it was that. But the circumstances were really anything but. Think about the fact that a heavily pregnant Mary, on foot or on the back of an animal, had to journey 80, 90, maybe 100 miles, depending on the route. Heavily pregnant, that wouldn't have been peaceful, right? It certainly wouldn't have been peaceful for Joseph, I'm sure, having to accompany her along that way. It wouldn't have been peaceful at all, would it? 
When she finally gets there, there's nowhere for her to stay. The bustle of the crowd means that all the obvious places are taken. There's no peace there, is there? Where am I going to lay my head after this horrendous journey? How are we going to get some peace and some rest? I don't need to say anything, and I wouldn't be qualified to say anything about labour and the peaceless existence that I believe that is. That's not peaceful, right? Bringing another human into the world. And then, the bit of the Christmas story that we often forget is that within a couple of years of Jesus' birth, he was having to run away from this tyrannical King Herod, who was jealous that Jesus was the new king, the ultimate king, the, the everywhere, forever king, and was hell-bent on destroying him. Within the first couple of years of Jesus' life, he was on the run, fleeing persecution, fleeing for his very safety. But that should really give us some hope, shouldn't it? That those things that were anything but peaceful at that first Christmas means that when our picture-perfect postcard versions of Christmas get shattered, that we're actually in pretty good company. Maybe they're shattered by an argument or two. Anyone ever had one of those at Christmas? I'm sure none of you have ever done that. Maybe change plans because of illness or unavailability, shift work meaning that not the right people can be in the right place at the right time. Maybe stress levels begin to rise as there's not that thing that you need on the shelves or the food doesn't get cooked in just the way that you want it. A friend of mine at school told me about on Christmas where her mum had set about cooking this most brilliant meal and the turkey was just looking brilliant, golden brown and succulent on the inside. So she got it out of the oven to lay it on the side to rest. And then she went off, I think, to let, finish laying the table. And in the time that she was doing that, she turned back around to find that the turkey wasn't on the side anymore. And there was a very happy dog on their kitchen floor who'd got up to the, to the side and obviously thought this turkey was golden brown and succulent and delicious and said, well, I'm not going to leave it for them, this is mine, and got this turkey down and devoured it. A peaceless Christmas, right, as they had to then defrost some meat joint from the freezer and delay their plans by hours as that then cooked. For most of us, things at Christmas, but if we're honest, things through the rest of our life, they're not always that peaceful, are they? The cost of living crisis, mortgage rates, inflation, finances aren't peaceful. Instability in the world, tensions brought about far away but then coming near to us on our screens every day. Some have called this the age of anxiety. It's almost like it's so much the norm that we don't really talk about it anymore. Mental ill health and isolation epidemics, they're not peaceful, are they? Feeling like we've let other people down or let ourselves down. And those nagging questions, what's life really all about? I can't get peace on that. And that eats away at us day by day. The good news for us, seekers of peace that we are, is that peace doesn't come because of perfect picture, perfect postcard circumstances. Peace can come in spite of difficult circumstances. When I was younger, I used to play a lot of rugby. Uh, and we had two coaches that coached my age group all the way through school. So by the end of seven years there, we knew them really, really well. And halfway through my final year at school, one of those coaches left to go and move to teach at a different school. And we had to play the final half of the last season without this coach that we'd known to be ever present for so long. 
and our very last game before we were all going to finish school and go off to uni and other places was against our absolute arch rivals. It was the, the final of the cup, it was the biggest match that any of us had ever played. And we got there on the day and we started warming up and this team were really good and we knew it was going to be hard so we were a little bit nervous. And we were in the, the changing rooms beforehand, the preparations having been made, those final messages and team talk moments with the one coach that was remaining. And then something happened, I had my back to the door, but the atmosphere in the room completely changed. Because in walked our second coach, who'd been not gone for six months, but had come to be with us on that day. He walked into the room and it's like people's shoulders went back. And their confidence grew because they thought, this is the guy that's been with us all this time. He's going to know how to beat this team. He's going to give us the confidence that we need. Even just him walking into the room lifted our spirits, lifted our confidence, and meant that we felt more able to go and to play our very, very best. If I could put everything that I want to say to you today into one sentence, if I could put everything that I pray to be true for you today and always into just one short sentence, it would be this. That peace isn't found in the absence of problems. Peace is found in the presence of God. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems. No one's ever lived that existence without any problem at all. Peace is found rather in the presence of God. In the Christmas story, the heavenly hosts in the sky startled the shepherds and declared, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. And as we heard earlier on today in our reading, Mary was greatly troubled when she was encountered by this angel. The angel hadn't even told her what she was to do yet, but she was already greatly troubled by the sight of this imposing angel. And the angel says then to her, do not be afraid, you've found favour with God. And that changes everything for Mary, because she then responds, well, I'm the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you've said. Peace comes to the shepherds, and peace comes to Mary as they hear about the favour of God. That's his blessing, his kindness, his love. It's ultimately God's presence is his favour. And where he is, he brings his peace. Because peace isn't found in the absence of problems, but in the presence of God. It was true for the shepherds, it was true for Mary. And it's true for us today too. You can have the peace that you seek in your life because Jesus' favour is not just turned towards the shepherds and to Mary, but the favour of God is turned towards you. His blessing and his love, his kindness, his presence and ultimately his peace is available to you and it's available to you here and now. Christmas is the great act of God showing us how close to us he wants to be. Not satisfied to be in heaven whilst we're on earth. So putting himself in the form that we know and coming near to us. He makes himself one of us, fragile and vulnerable. To be near us, to be present to us. To know what it's like to be human. 
to rub shoulders with men and women and boys and girls in a peaceless world and to bring them his blessing and his kindness, his love, his presence and therefore his peace. And it doesn't matter who we are or how we are, we can know the peace of God because it's received as a gift. Stephen Foster, a church leader in Oxford, puts it like this. He says, Jesus has given us the gift of peace, not because we're perfect, but because we're perfectly loved. You don't need to get everything right in order to know the peace of God. It comes to you as a gift from a God who loves you perfectly. And this gift isn't any old peace. It's peace that passes all understanding. It's too big for our brains to comprehend. And as that reading continues, it guards our hearts and our minds. It's like it holds off the chaos that's so uh, easy to fill our minds. It holds off the swirling around us, the onslaught of an enemy who seeks to steal our peace and kill our calm and destroy our contentment. This peace is an all-encompassing peace. The Bible talks about the word shalom, which is about wholeness and integration. It's about every aspect of life <coughs> being known by God and having his peace brought into it. God's peace is perfect. It's all-encompassing. God is himself perfect peace. C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, amongst many other things, said, God can't give us peace and happiness apart from himself, because there is no such thing. God's peace and God's happiness comes with himself because he is the embodiment of those things. We know, don't we, that we try and seek peace, but it ultimately can let us down as we seek it in so many other places. When we seek the Prince of Peace, we get God's presence to be real in our lives and we get his peace thrown in. To be clear, God wants to, to change the circumstances in our lives that bring about things that are anything but peaceful. But as he's changing those situations, as he's changing those circumstances, he doesn't want you to be peaceless whilst you wait. So right here, right now, he comes and he gives you his peace in the form of himself. So even as economies roller coaster, you can live at peace. Even as the way ahead for you isn't clear, you can live in peace. Even when relationships stray, you can live in peace. Even when we let ourselves down, you can live in peace. Why? Because in the midst of problems, God is present and God gives peace. Peace isn't found in the absence of problems, but in the presence of God. So finally then, what are we to do? The Bible in Psalm 34 says, seek peace and pursue it. To seek, to pursue is active, isn't it? It's intentional, it's to go after something, to chase it down, and I encourage you to seek peace and to pursue it, but where should you do that? Lots of people will claim that they've got peace and that they want you to find it where they've found it. Buy this product, have this lifestyle, get peace. Do this practice, try this wellness trend, get peace. 
watch this content or support this cause, get peace. I want to say that every route to peace that isn't seeking and pursuing Jesus, the Prince of Peace, will not lead you to the peace that you're seeking. Every route to seek peace that doesn't involve seeking Jesus will ultimately let you down. Jesus is the only place where you can find lasting, satisfying, grounding peace. You can find it now and you can find it forever in him. C.S. Lewis again said, if you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, you must get close to or even into the thing that has them. And as our readings and our carols have shown, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. If you want to experience peace, come stand near the fire. Come close to Jesus, warm yourself by him and allow him to spark that fire in you. Ask for his presence, brought near at Christmas and brought near again now through the presence of his Holy Spirit amongst us today to fill you and to give you the peace that you seek. Because peace isn't found in the absence of problems, but in the presence of God. Let's take a moment to pray. Jesus, we invite you now to come and give the gift of peace to each person here who wants it and is open to receiving it from you now. Prince of Peace, come and give us the peace that comes from you. all understanding that it would guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus born amongst us the bringer of peace and Holy Spirit to anyone here who's feeling anxious or troubled feeling unsettled feeling like they don't know the way ahead now that you would give them your peace, overwhelm them with your love, your blessing, and the contentment and satisfaction that we can find only in you. May this peace not just be a nice idea for Christmas, but a living reality that we experience now and we walk out of this place being marked by to change the days and weeks and months ahead. God, we thank you for the peace that we find in you. We pray that you give it to us in abundance, now and forever. 